Stories of Collective Impact. I'm your host, Marcus Chavez, Communications Director for the Keystone Policy Center. It's been a while since our last episode. As you may recall, I told you in our last episode that we'd be taking a break for a while, but return with new episodes in the fall. And here we are. Today, though, I'm going to give you an update on three of the projects we highlighted in earlier episodes of the podcast. Each one of these projects I'm discussing today spurred action in the state legislature as a result of their work. They're true examples of the impact out of collaboration. I hope you had a chance to listen to episode 5 of our podcast earlier this year. It was titled Reimagining the Future of Education. And it highlighted a program we started in 2020 called the Education System Resiliency and Innovation Initiative. To briefly sum up, ESRI assembled more than 80 education system leaders, educators, government officials, and stakeholders from within and outside the education system to develop new approaches to improve support for the teaching workforce, deliver instruction that better prepares all students for the challenges of an ever-evolving world, and address issues within the education system that perpetuate inequities and achievement gaps that were only exacerbated during disruptive events like the COVID-19 pandemic. In February, Keystone Policy Center, along with our partner, the Public Education and Business Coalition, published a comprehensive report detailing a set of 16 recommendations outlined by the coalition. Just a few months later, Colorado Governor Jared Polis signed into law a bill that dedicates more than $13 million for educator programs, many of which were drawn from the ESRI recommendations. We were thrilled that a number of legislators really liked the report, liked the ideas in it, and it led to a a piece of legislation in Colorado, Senate Bill 185, that took a lot of the ideas around supporting teachers and rethinking the workforce and created whole new pathways in. For example, we created something called the adjunct teacher authorization, which allows adults from the community who may have expertise, whether it's in computer science, biotechnology or the arts to come in under the supervision of a licensed teacher and teach from what they know as an expert in that field. But that piece of legislation got unanimous approval from the Joint Budget Committee for a $13.3 million appropriation in the budget. Over half of that was for recommendations that specifically came from our coalition and the other were for associated ideas. Colorado House Representative Julie McCluskey was among several elected officials who lauded Esri's work at the bill signing. I want to pause and and really um, congratulate them and their leadership and the work that happened to make this bill come to life. Um, The president and CEO, Christine Scanlon, and her um, partner in crime, maybe, (laughs) Derek Abramson, helped lead this effort in a moment when we could see nothing but gray clouds and doom because of the pandemic. They said, you know, here's an opportunity for us to see how our education system responds to what's going on in the world. It's a chance for us to capture new innovative ideas, creative thoughts about how we could be doing education better, not just for today through the pandemic, but for lifetimes to come. The Esri Coalition was so powerful that its members have requested to keep the group together to continue to develop solutions that will create system-level change in education.
had a chance to listen to episodes 12 and 13 of the Keynotes podcast, both titled The Stories That Go Unheard. The episodes highlighted the work of Next 100 Colorado, a coalition facilitated by Keystone Policy Center, committed to the establishment of a just and inclusive parks and public lands system. Next 100 has several successful achievements, including developing a museum exhibit about Charles Crenshaw, the first black American to summit Denali. The coalition has also launched a mentorship program for emerging leaders of color in the outdoor and recreation sector and supported the creation of the Outdoor Equity Grant Program. On June 21st, that program became a reality as Governor Polis signed legislation creating the Outdoor Equity Grant Program. This new grant program will make sure that diverse and equitable access to our outdoors is a reality for youth from across our state. Opening doors provide a lifetime of being able to enjoy the great outdoors for the diverse youth of Colorado. Next 100 Colorado helped assemble a coalition of non-governmental organizations, policymakers, and individuals supporting this program. Jason Swan, the Western Lands Policy Analyst at Western Resources Advocates, lauded Next 100 Colorado for its efforts. On behalf of the Next 100 Colorado, um, you know, this is a, a really diverse coalition of uh, over 60 local, state, uh, and national organizations. So thank you for your support uh, and improving access uh, and uh, equity in the outdoors. So I really appreciate it. The Outdoor Equity Grant Program will increase access and opportunity for underserved youth and their families to experience Colorado's open spaces, state parks, public lands, and other outdoor areas. Finally, in episode 8 of the podcast from earlier this year, we told you about For the Love of Colorado, a coalition facilitated by Keystone that aims to both inform Colorado residents about future water supply challenges, as well as urge support for the Colorado Water Plan, which was adopted in 2015. To help fund the Water Plan, For the Love of Colorado worked with state legislators in 2019 to generate revenue through the legalization of sports betting. And earlier this year, Legislation was signed into law that provides $20 million in state stimulus funding towards the Colorado Water Plan. Dan Gibbs, Executive Director of the Colorado Department of Natural Resources, emphasized the impact of this legislation. Now, fair warning, these remarks were made outdoors, so the audio quality isn't the greatest. We all know and we all depend on our rivers, our lands, our aquifers to sustain our livelihoods and the health of our quality of life. This $15 million investment to help um, implement and work on our water plan is, is so critical, especially as we work to make updates for the final version of the update plan in 2022. And also this $5 million is so critical too because um, you really need to get local support uh, to get projects off the ground and supporting of uh, the basin roundtables all around the state, those nine basin roundtables is really critical uh, to make sure that we understand what the needs are in those local communities all around the state. So um, I also want to give a special thank you to Becky Mitchell, our head of water conservation. Let's give her a round of applause. She's absolutely amazing. We also have a lot of our partners here. Um, we have Jessica Brody, who serves on our water conservation board. Thank you so much, Jessica. Uh, for the love of Colorado, all the different coalition of folks, the business community, the ag community, um, all coming together uh, to support this. Thank you, thank you. Of the funding from the legislation, $15 million is directed from the state's general fund to the Water Plan Grant Program for statewide goals, and $5 million is directed to local water projects recommended by each of the state's nine stakeholder-driven basin roundtables. 
Now, these are only a few examples of the impact Keystone has achieved through collaborative action, but I can't stress enough how so much of the credit belongs to the individual leaders and partners we work with in each of these initiatives. The common national narrative today is that our policy rhetoric has become too cynical and that consensus is dead. Well, Keystone proves that is a false narrative. Consensus is an accelerator. All you need is a trusted broker like Keystone to be the catalyst. On our next episode of Keynotes, we discuss the invisible essential workforce. Our understanding of which groups of people in our in our economy are essential has kind of turned inside out. People are arguably risking their lives to put food on my table, to bring you know, to fill shelves in my local grocery store. Keynotes is a production of the Keystone Policy Center, a 501c3 nonprofit organization based out of Keystone, Colorado which for more than 45 years has empowered leaders to reach common higher ground. This episode has been made possible by a contribution from the Denver Foundation. If you would like to offer feedback about the podcast or suggest topics for future episodes, please email me at mchavez at keystone.org. That's M-C-H-A-V-E-Z at keystone.org. If you would like to learn more about the Keystone Policy Center, visit our website at keystone.org.